Shalom Abrahu, we up to you. Vamos daf ayin beis. Today's daf discusses Klai Yisrael not doing mila in the midbar. The halachas of someone who is moshuch be'ar lasai, whether a tumtum is allowed to eat truma, and whether an oral is allowed to do the sprinkling of the afar para. And the Gemara begins, why did Klai Yisrael not do mila in the midbar? There are two answers, either because traveling weakened them, or number two, because the Ruach Tzvainis was not blowing. The Ruach Tzvainis was a healing wind, and without that it was dangerous to perform the surgery of Mila. The Brisa tells us, for those 40 years, the Ruach Tzvainis did not blow. Why not? Either because Hashem was angry at them for that virus they did, or because that wind would have dispersed the Ananiya covered. I guess the other ones wouldn't have. Rev Papa says, on a cloudy day, or on a day when the southern wind is blowing, one should not do a brismila or get his uh, get a bloodletting. However, nowadays, since everyone does it, to Dashu Barabim, we rely on Shaymir Psalm Hashem Hashem watches over the fools that we are allowed to do a bris and get bloodletting even during these weather conditions. Next, the Gemara says that for the 40 years that Chayasol was in the Midbar, the Ruch Tzvoinis would blow every single night at Chatzos. The Pasuk says, What do we see from here? That Chatzos is an Ace Ratzoin. That's when the Bechayim died. So it's also an Ace Ratzoin for the northern winds. This is when David would wake up, his heart would blow, and he would get up to, to Davin. So even during the 40 years, when the northern wind did not blow, it would still blow Bachatzois, because that's an Esrat. Next, Revuhuna tells us, it's a Dvar Torah, that if someone is Moishich Bar Lasoi, after he already had a bris, he pulls his Arla to cover his Atara, he is allowed to eat Truma. However, Midir they made a Gzera, that he's not allowed to, because he looks like an Aral. The Gemara asks, I, we learned, that if someone is Moshe Aral he must have another bris. You see that, it sounds like even Midar he should be ushered to eat Shruma. The Gemara says, no, that's only Midar he needs another bris. Midar he still has the din of being gemald. It says, Tzarech Sheyimah, says that he actually is required to get a bris. Well, that's just going against uh, the Seifa, which where Rabbi Yehuda tells us that he should not get another bris, even though he's Moshech Bar because it's dangerous. And they told Rabbi Yehuda, well, why would it be dangerous? During the, the days of Ben Kuziva, they were Moshech Bar and they had another bris, and afterwards they had sons and daughters. Himal Yimal in the Pasuk teaches us even a hundred times. And the Pasuk of Esbrisi, Hefer includes someone who is Moshech Bar why does the Pasuk say, Why do we need two separate Pesukim? Well, maybe Himal Yimal is just coming to tell me if there are Tzitzanama Akvin, if there are strips of skin that make the Mila invalid. That's why I have the Pasuk of Esprit Hefer, which includes even someone who's Moshech Bar So Yehuda thought that since we have an extra Pasuk that's coming to tell me that is actually a of Dar Raisa for the RL to get another bris. But that's not true. It's actually Midir Abonon. In the Torah, the Pasuk is an Asmachta. And whoever was asking on Ravuna was learning this differently. He was learning that. It was the Raisa. It's not true. That's just an Asmachta. Next, the Gemara asks, what about a Tumtum? 
someone who shows no signs of either gender. He is not allowed to eat truma, but his wife and his servants are allowed to. Furthermore, if someone is Moshech Bar or if he was born with a Mila, they are allowed to eat Truma. And Andreganus, who has both signs of, of genders, he's allowed to eat Truma, but he can't eat Kodshim. A Tomtom cannot eat Truma or Kodshim. And we see from here, however, the bottom line is that if someone is Moshech Bar or if he's born without a born without an Arla, he's already Gemald. They are allowed to eat. And this is a bomb kash on Avuna, who says that it's an Isidir Abanon for him to eat. Next, the Gemara tells us that a Tumtum is not allowed to eat Truma, but his wife and servants are allowed to. And the Gemara asks, how is this Tumtum having wives exactly? If he, you're going to say that he was Mekadesh, then the Brisa says that if a Tumtum is Mekadesh, a woman, that is a good Kedushin. If Someone is Makadesh Tumtum, that's a good Kedushin. The problem is that that is only a Kedushin Lechumra. That's not a Kedushin Lekula to allow him to eat Truma, to allow his, his wives and, and servants to eat Truma, at least. He can't, but they can. He's a Safek Isha. A woman cannot be Makadesh another woman. This was, that was only Lechumra. So, what does it mean that his wife can eat Truma? Abai says, we're talking about a Tumtum. Whose baits of are nikaris mi bachutz. So we do know that he's a male. Rava, it's a different answer that when it says that his wife is allowed to eat truma, it doesn't mean his wife, it means his mother. Well, obviously, his mother can eat truma. No, because I may think that someone who has the ability to procreate can allow his mother to eat truma, but if not, not. That his mother is allowed to eat truma. Now we say that a tumtum is not allowed to eat truma or kachim. Now this makes sense according to Abai, who explains the case where his baits of our bachutz. The Reisha in our Mishnah is talking about an oral vadai, and the Sefer is talking about where he is a Suffolk. But according to Rava, why do I need a Sefer to tell me that the tumtum does not eat truma? And according to Rava, this tumtum is referring to an oral, a Suffolk oral. You just told me in the Reisha that a vadai oral. Could eat what's the Havamina that a Suffolk girl can't? No, it's, it's a Matam. The Seifa is explaining the reason for the Reisha. Why can't a Tumtum eat Chuma? It's because he's a Suffolk Aurel. And an Aurel is not allowed to eat Chuma or Kachim. The Gemara tries saying that this is in fact a Machlikist Hanoim. We learned that if someone is Moshech Bar Lasoi or a Ger who is Megayer, when he already had a bris. He's already gemald. Or if a katan is over eight days old, or if someone has two arlois, they're only allowed to get their bris during the day. Rabbi Lazar Rav Shimon says that if their mila is bisman on the eighth day, then you do it by day. But if it's not bisman, then you could do the bris even at night. Over here you have the Tashis discussing why it's not a mitzvah sashish as man grama. Why would woman be chayev? But Lachaira, over here the Machlekes with the Peshim and Gamliel, is whether this Moshuch has a Chiv Dei Raisa to get a bris, or in only a Chiv Dei Rabbanon. If it's Dei Rabbanon, you could do it at night. The Gemara says, does that make sense? We also have a cotton that's over eight days old. You're going to say that that's only a Chiv Dei Rabbanon to give him a bris? No, everyone says that, a, that Moshuch Arlosoi is a Dei Rabbanon. And a katan who's over eight days old has a chiv de raisa. The machlek is here 
is whether we're doirish the vav in the pasuk of ubayoim. Ubayoim ash mini yibo basara lasai. Rabbi Lozer Rabbi Shimon will say that when a darshan of vav to even give him the bris at night, calls to kain a mashachar lasai, which is a, a bris darabanan we could do at night. This is like when a Rabbi Yochanan was darshaning noisar, when a korban is left over beyond the time that it was allowed to be eaten, you're only allowed to burn it by day. But if you miss the time to burn it, then you could burn it even at night. Rabbi Lozer asks on Rabbi Yechanan, I know that an eight-day-old baby must have its bris by day. How do I know if he's nine, ten, eleven, twelve days old? Oh, the Pesach says, Ubayoim. And even according to my number who doesn't darish above, it says, Ubayoim hashmini. He'll still be Dairish above and a hay. And Rabbi Yechanan was quiet. And after he left, Rabbi Yechanan turned to Reish Lakish. He said, I just heard from Ben Padas, or Rabbi Lazar Ben Padas. And he was mamish making a drosha like like Moshe B'Piagvura. Reish Lakish says, ah, That's a favorite Shabraisa. He says, What are you talking about? He says, It's in Teres Kahanim. So Rabbi Yechanan said, Wow, I have to learn Teres Kahanim. He sat down for three days, learned Teres Kahanim, and he spent three months in Svara with Teres Kahanim. Yeah, the Ekur is Chazara. Next, Rabbi Lazar says, that if an RL sprinkles the, the ashes, the ash water of the paraduma, it's a kosher hazah. It's just like a tzvul yoyim, someone who's waiting for nighttime to be tar, even though he can't eat truma, he's still allowed to sprinkle the paraduma. Ay, how could you compare the oral to a tzvul yoyim? A tzvul yoyim is allowed to eat miser. An oral can't. He has a, a status of a certain tuminous to him. The Gemara says, we're not talking about eating, we're talking about Toma regarding Nagia, touching, contact Toma. A Tzvilyoim is usher to touch Truma, but he's still allowed to sprinkle the fire that the Paraduma. And Aral also is, an Aral is mutter to touch Truma, so Kavachimer, he's allowed to sprinkle the Paraduma. And we have a brace like this that says that an Aral who sprinkles the Paraduma is kosher, it's a good sprinkling, it'll be mitaher, and uh, this actually happened, and the Chachamim were machshir, that sprinkling. Next, the Gemara asks, if a tumtum is mekadesh, a woman, that is, that Kedushin is possible because he's a Suffolk Earl. I'm sorry, not that he was Kadesh, a woman, he was mekadesh, he mixed the afar of the paraduma with the water, that's called Kiddush. That would possible this paraduma ash, which is very expensive, so you don't want to do that. But since he's a Suffolk oral, and an oral is possible to be mekadesh, to mix the water with the ashes. An androgynous would be kosher to mix the ash and the water. Yehuda says, even an androgynous would possible the paradum, the para, the far para, because he is a Suffolk isha. And if an isha would have done it, that would possible the far para. Bottom line, we see that an RL or a Suffolk RL would be possible, would possible the Maypara. It sounds like he can't be sprinkling that fire paro. So Yosef says that this Brisa that says that it would possible is going according to Rabbi Akiva, who says that an RL is mamish like he's Tome. The Brisa says Rabbi Akiva holds, he learns from Ish Ish. To include an RL, say that even an RL is Tomei. Rav says that he was learning with Rabbi Yosef, who holds that Rabbi Akiva says 
like like Rabbi Akiva's shita, that an oral has a full din of tome that he can mamish be metame people. And he said, why don't we ever find a brisa that says that there's an oral and a tome, and then we'll say that that is shita's Rabbi Akiva, who holds that an oral can be metame. Like the prescribe explains, Rava holds that an oral is tome. He can't do things that tome people can do, but it doesn't mean that he can be metame. But Rabbi Akiva says that he can mamish be metame. The Gemara says, well, truth is, we kind of do have a case. We learned that an orel and a, and a, someone who's Tomei do not have to do a, their potter from Eilat They don't go up to do Eilat Regal. So I see that an orel is Tomei, like she does Rabbi Akiva. But the Gemara says that no, the reason why an orel does not do Eilat Regal is because having an orel is most to Hashem, and that's going to potter him from the Eilat Regal, not because of his Tomoness. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.